So, Bob, let's talk about your patient. I saw this 77-year-old white female physician's wife in December 2007. She presented last fall with a 5.5-centimeter lobular carcinoma of the left breast with one of three sentinel nodes positive. The tumor was ER and PR positive, and HER2 was 1+. And on the right side, she had a 0.8-centimeter colloid carcinoma and a 0.8-centimeter invasive lobular carcinoma with one of seven nodes positive. HER2 was 1+. She was in very good condition. She looked like a woman who had taken estrogen for a very long time. She looked quite good. And she had a performance status essentially zero. Now, obviously, in this situation, in a node-positive situation, adjuvant chemotherapy is going to be out on the table. How did she feel about the possibility of receiving it? She didn't want chemotherapy. She wasn't completely adamant against it, but she didn't want to have chemotherapy if it was at all reasonable to refuse. And the other part of this is that her husband, who was a physician, is not in very good health. He came in with every appointment, but he, was, he kind of hobbles in. He's had a lot of degenerative arthritis, and he doesn't get around very well, and I don't think he can help out at home very much. So I want to start with Cliff, and maybe if you could briefly comment on the data that was presented at the last San Antonio meeting looking at Oncotype and node-positive patients. We all know that the one set of data that helps to inform our use of the Oncotype DX is a retrospective subset analysis from a single old randomized node-negative trial, NSAVVB19. And what we just got last year from Kathy Albain and colleagues in SWOG and the manuscripts in preparation now is essentially a confirmatory result in a different cohort of patients. That is, postmenopausal, node positive, randomized for tamoxifen or CAF. And remember, the earlier result was with CMF. The one caution that I think we all can admit to is that the numbers in Kathy's trial are really small. The absolute difference in numbers of events between the patients who had chemo or didn't have chemo in the various cohorts of high, intermediate, and low are really barely double digits. And therefore, I think one can be forgiven for being very conservative in terms of broadly interpreting that data. But it is consistent with the other retrospective data set. And in this patient, it would give me the courage to potentially use the test. So, Skip, have you ordered Oncotype in patients with a node-positive tumor? I have once, yes. I agree with Cliff's comments. The situation was in a patient that I felt very uncomfortable with, not treating with chemotherapy, pathologist, and the characteristics were suggestive that they'd benefit from chemotherapy, and the patient really didn't want chemo, but was willing to have it proven that she needed it. I think the problem with that particular study and the way the randomization was done, you knew some of those patients weren't getting chemotherapy and having been a fellow when we accrued to that. There was a lot of patient selection in that trial already. Let's talk a little bit about the choice of endocrine therapy. Before we do, Bob, did you get an archetype? Yes. What did it show? It came back intermediate, 19, (laughs) but that was enough to reassure me. At least it wasn't high, so it reassured me in terms of not doing chemotherapy. Kevin, can you sort of bring us up to date on where we are right now with hormonal therapy in postmenopausal women? I guess one thing we saw, I think it was the last San Antonio meeting that I thought was kind of interesting from the ATAC study that was published almost at the same time in the Lancet was the time course of recurrence over the first 10 years and how there was, as with tamoxifen, they saw a delayed benefit. Well, I think that was 100-month follow-up, which right. is a pretty long time. And the continued separation and the 
therapeutic curve as you do with tamoxifen. It appears that there's a natural history of breast cancer in terms of how it recurs and when doesn't seem to be altered conceptually by giving an aromatase inhibitor versus tamoxifen. So, Bob, what kind of hormone therapy did she get and what happened? She was started on an AI, Arimidex, and has continued on that with no problems at all. Any arthralgias? Nothing that she's mentioned. It's not a problem. Antonio, anything new? I mean, it seems like people are talking more about arthralgias. They're seeing papers come out. There's been lead paper in the JCO about mechanisms. Anything new about the whole issue of arthralgias and AIs? I think there's a lot of unknowns about it. It's interesting when you look back into the clinical trial data from the original studies, it's something that wasn't coming up a lot. And then all of us who started treating these patients all of a sudden begin seeing these complaints coming over and over again. And we actually have an interesting study going on as part of the consortium of breast cancer pharmacogenetics, the COBRA, which is a multi-institutional study, trying to understand in women who are postmenopausal who are going to be treated with an aromatase inhibitor, whether all aromatase inhibitors function and help equally help women the same way. And so whether the steroidal versus non-steroidal aromatase inhibitors, whether you can identify women where you may have an improvement in outcome by using one drug versus the other. So this is a study where we are collecting. It's being led by, at Hopkins by my colleague, uh, Vera Stearns, and it's been done at Indiana and Michigan as well. And uh, women are being randomized to uh, examestane or letrozole, and very careful collection of data in terms of blood samples for pharmacogenetic studies, as well as intermediate biomarkers of anti-estrogen activity in terms of breast density, bone density, and hormone levels in blood. And what is interesting is that there's a very careful assessment of toxicity from aromatase inhibitors. And these data were actually published, the preliminary data was published published by Lynn Harry in the Breast Cancer Research and Treatment after the first 100 patients. And we were surprised that approximately 20% of the patients reach a threshold that would justify a recommendation for a consultation with a rheumatologist. And at this point, we absolutely don't have a good sense of what's causing this syndrome. There's no abnormalities in blood tests so far, inflammatory mechanisms. And whether we're dealing with an off-target effect, whether aromatase is an enzyme that is crucial for the health of the synovium or of the joint remains unclear. But it is happening, and it is affecting the quality of life of a lot of patients. John, we're talking about you know, five years of therapy. We're going to be maybe looking at 10 years of therapy. What do you see with patients as they go over time in terms of these kinds of symptoms and any pearls about either preventing or managing them? What do you do? The first thing to say is that it really, I think, was much more common than we anticipated from the literature. I think once we started using aromatase inhibitors widely in practice, it became apparent that this was the dominant side effect. So it makes sense to caution patients and advice that it may occur. Patients often get a kind of mistaken notion that this somehow means they're getting osteoporosis acutely because they've all heard about osteoporosis and they think this is what's happening. So they need to be cautioned that it appears in the majority of cases to be a fairly benign entity which does not result in a destructive arthritis to the best of our knowledge. Most patients cope with it. Most patients do not need any medication. Those that do generally will take something minor like a paracetamol or something like that. And many patients will ask to change. And changing from one aromatase inhibitor to another, certainly, in my experience, produces a wholly inconsistent result. There are some patients who have had the side effect on Arimidex who get it on Femara, some who don't get it on Femara, and vice versa. Very few patients have to come off aromatase inhibitors. Some do. For those patients, if the choice for them is that they just cannot take anything, they may well go back and take tamoxifen. 
which will give them most of the benefit that they would have had with an aromatase inhibitor. So Skip, how do you approach the patient who hits the five-year point with an AI and is doing well, doesn't have problems with arthralgias, which I think is probably the majority of people? How do you approach the issue of whether, assuming they're not eligible for either the NSABP or MA17 trial or can't go in it, non-protocol decision? And that's becoming more and more of a common discussion, just the time frame we are in terms of our practice. I try to set that up for when I started the AI. Looking back, based on the prognostic factors, I either felt comfortable with the idea that we'd keep going. I mean, there's patients I say, we'll continue to follow the literature, and I plan on keeping you on this indefinitely. And some patients where you almost feel like five years is even too much, but you want to give them some sort of benefit. But it's a discussion. It's a lengthy discussion. You have women. I mean, certainly there's women who psychologically we prefer to take something to some that can't wait to get off of it. And until there's more data, I often let them be the majority driver in the decision. Kevin, how do you approach it? And what do people generally do? Do you approach it differently in a patient who was originally node positive and node negative? I do not. We invite every patient who is so inclined to participate in the B42 trial. If she declines participation, then we discontinue the drug. I guess the reason for doing that is based on the experience that some of us went through in the mid-1980s and late-1980s with tamoxifen when there was this tendency to prescribe the drug ad infinitum to people, particularly those at high risk for recurrence, and without ever having established that that was a good idea or not.